0: Hello, Mount Mike Radio listeners. This is Ben Wellnack, and I will be your host for this special episode. Uh, it is a continuation of the series that I was doing on the Minnesota North Shore. This one is with the head brewer at Castle Danger Brewery in Two Harbors, Minnesota. And we sit down, chat about beer, his history, what the brewery has going on in the community, the new building, and a whole bunch of other things. So check it out. And if you're wondering where the other episodes can be found, you can go to the Mountain Bike Radio app, go to the search box, type in destination, you should be able to pull all the other ones up there, or you can go to mountainbikeradio.com slash destinations, and you can find the other episodes there. This episode is brought to you by Health IQ. You can go to healthiq.com slash MBR to learn more and to get a free quote. Or if you're just talking to somebody already, if you just Googled it and started doing this while I'm talking you can use the promo code MBR. That will help us out, put you in the right direction, and it all works out. What is Health IQ? It is an insurance company that helps health-conscious people like yourselves get lower rates on your life insurance. It's easy. You go to that site, go get a free quote, check it out, and I would venture to guess that you are going to save money. Because 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4% and 33% on their life insurance. I saved nearly 30% and I was able to get more life insurance for a little bit cheaper. And it really worked out. It was slick. So I'm happy to have them on board. So go to healthiq.com slash MBR. And if you are driving or doing something else, you can always just go to the show notes when you get home or when you stop <laughs> and click on that link and, uh, it'll help us out, help yourself out and, uh, everyone will be happy. So if you have any questions, comments, whatever it is, it's Ben at mountainbikeradio.com. Thank you. I'm here with Bjorn Erickson. He is the head brewer at Castle Danger Brewery in Two Harbors, Minnesota, which if you don't know where that is, because we have listeners all over the country, uh, just Google it. But if you go to the, uh, called the arrowhead region of minnesota there's a big pointy part of minnesota it's up on the north shore of uh lake superior in fact if you look out the window from this brewery like the other ones i did uh you can see lake superior right out the door so it's pretty good so bjorn Mm -hmm. uh thank you for taking time to uh sit down and chat yeah hi thanks thanks for inviting me no rap lyrics okay no rap lyrics but you can't swear i can't swear no we're just talking beforehand and (laughs) and, uh, uh yeah. Well, so, I, I did a radio show this morning. uh really? For what? Uh, uh It's just on the station. country
1: station. We get to go talk about beer for uh, 10 minutes. Every is that like
0: a normal repeating?
1: Uh, it's every two weeks. So, um, what are you ta- Okay. So, so, this is good. You didn't say this before. <laughs> no, so I didn't. I'm full so of surprises. Like, yeah, here. yeah.
0: So, th- that's fantastic. So what do you talk, like 10 minutes you Um, you talk about how to make beer or what you have going on?
1: Usually it's, uh, our marketing gal that shows up and talks about events and what's, what's happening they might say, uh, is that the name of it? No, Uh, but that's, I think that's the name of our newsletter. Okay. I get to cover that spot occasionally, okay. and so I show up with a growler, and we drink beer at eight in the morning on the radio. <laughs> really? And we just chit chat, and I guess this to
0: isn't a, like a Christian station you're on. Uh, no, it's uh, it's on Cat Country, okay. so right.
1: it's uh, New Country. Uh,
0: so, anyways, so you take that, you take the growler, and then you drink the beer and talk about it, or how's it? Yeah,
1: that? I just kind of sell our product. But I like to talk about beer. I'll talk about beer all day. I you know, I used to give brewery tours a lot, and a lot of my job now is talking about the beer that we're making or the philosophy behind the beers that we're going to make.
0: So here, let me just move this cord a little bit for you so you're not hitting it. Um, so what was the beer you were drinking today? Uh, talk about that. So, what Then I, we'll talk about your background in Castle Danger. And all that what stuff. I, I
1: did today thing. is we've got our seventeen seven Pale Ale what i did one of the things that we do is make infusions Mm -hmm. so we take through various methods take all sorts of fresh raw ingredients uh and find ways to infuse them into into the beer okay usually it means we just take a special keg we put in this case we took uh lime zest chili peppers and cilantro put it in the special keg put the beer in there let it you know, let it sit for a couple of days, and then pull it back out, and then we've got this beer infused with this fun flavors. Mm. Uh, so I brought that today, and I made them. We did a little quiz.
0: So said, what's a quiz like? Well, I said, Should you know, here you that? go. Should can you that right now? can you
1: taste? Yeah. Can you taste what? Yeah. Can you taste what's in here? And they 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 figured it out. And those are kind, that's kind of an obscure flavor profile. Right. right. Uh,
0: so they're pretty good.
1: Uh, the radio hosts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they're great. Yeah. yeah, i I think they enjoy hanging out with me every, every other week.
0: <laughs> they so. just want free. They just. I do bring beer.
1: them free beer, yeah, so yeah. it's it's easy to make friends that way. Yeah,
0: yeah. So what are other? Uh, what was the last beer you took them? Two weeks
1: ago. Uh, two weeks ago, I brought them. I didn't do it two weeks ago. Oh. I think four weeks ago, I went and I brought them our saison, our which is was a new beer that we made okay. uh, for the tap room. So gotcha. that's on tap right now.
0: Yeah. There yeah. you go. All right. So we'll talk about that in a second because sure. I came in, this is the first time I've been in this building. I drank the beer plenty, uh, but the tap there's taps. There's a row of taps and I'll get a picture of it and I'll put it in the show notes, but I don't know how many beers you have on there, but
1: so yeah, there's, there's 24 tap handles out there. It's deceiving because almost half of them are are doubles. Gotcha. Uh, You know, so lines one and 24 are the same beer. Okay. Um, but that's, that's okay because then you blow a keg and you still got one ready to go. Okay. Um, lines 12 and 13 are sometimes those infusion lines and some special stuff. So we'll have anywhere from 12 to maybe 14 different beers on tap.
0: Wow. All right. So let's talk about you. Okay. Some of your history. Uh, we're talking about you started off in Duluth. Yeah. Know, uh, a long time.
1: All right. Well, I, I was born in Billings, Montana. Okay. I was the youngest kid to ski at Red Lodge. Mm-hmm. That's what I hear. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's probably not verifiable, but...
0: You can you can just...
1: I'm going to hang on to that. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like one so, and a half. Okay. Um, I uh, I grew up in the, in the cities. I moved to Duluth to go to college. I graduated with a German degree and in international relations did you
0: did you uh, live abroad for a while i spent
1: some time in germany okay. um that probably that was pre craft beer uh, well that was before my craft beer career definitely but that that played into it somehow okay um you just like drinking beer i do um but beer's if you think of it, it as a food stuff and also a social lubricant and it it's a big part of culture so it definitely played into studying right. uh studying german as a language and as a culture and living there and seeing the different ways that it integrates in the society right uh, definitely an entire topic it's very interesting mm-hmm. um i came back from i came back from studying abroad in germany and started working at Ficker's brew which has been around for a lot while making some pretty good craft beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're
0: one of the they have to be one of the earlier just craft yeah. beer places around. Um them.
1: they opened in maybe ninety-five. Okay. And I I bet a lot of your Midwest listeners are might yeah. be familiar with that yeah. scene.
0: And I'll get them on, I'll get somebody on just to talk about that. But yeah. I think I have enough people already talking about it that I don't even need to talk about it. But yeah, yeah.
1: Um so I started working there in, in two, 2004, I wanna say. Um, and I was just working in the restaurant and I graduated college and it, that job and then kind of the, the scene around Duluth and that lifestyle and getting to be outdoors. And that was enough to keep me around for a while.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I started working in the brewery, giving tours, and then started working in the cellar and it just grew from there. So, you know, somebody quit, somebody left, bada bing you're a making beer right. and i did that for about 10 years and then I, I went and made beer at bent paddle for a while and in last june i i came up to two harbors to kind of help steer the ship at castle right. danger
0: were you at uh did you just start making beer at at vickers or did yeah you, okay um before you went to bent paddle you were already making beer okay. yeah so i was for i was
1: making i had been working at at Ficker's for like almost 10 years. Yeah. Um, and before did you
0: finally moved out, when, when did you finally move up to that? Was it like the final three years you were there or were like, uh, early on so I, f- I fell into actually brewing beer relatively quickly. Oh, okay. Um,
1: I was, I was just beer tending for a while and, and working in the restaurant mm-hmm. and, relatively quickly i got my foot in the door giving tours and that's so if anybody's interested in working in a brewery yeah, you might as well start at the ground level and i asked um i asked the head brewer there dave hoops he he loaned me a brewing textbook and i read it front to back and then back to front mm-hmm. and that was I, I know I gain knowledge really well that way. So that helped me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say that I tell other people that now that are giving tours or whatnot and that their eyes just kind of glaze over. Like I'm supposed to read this whole textbook just to um, give it to her.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I but, imagine between doing that and just the constant questions and stuff you get from people, you're like, Oh yeah, I got to dig into that one. You know, the, right. the, the knowledge you gained from doing that and the fact that nobody else wants to do that. I mean, it's pretty, like you said, yeah. pretty good foot. The um
1: I got pretty good at giving tours cause yeah. I, I do a couple every Saturday and you, I mean, to do it effectively, you have to know it front to back mm-hmm. and you have to just really understand that process and then be able to field all these good questions and bad questions Yeah. and, and help discern between the two and, Uh, I really, going back to talking about beer, I just can talk about beer with this group of people all day. Yeah. Um,
0: so that's a good way. Listeners and any, any newbies out there looking to get in. Yeah. Probably, uh, you're probably gonna have to take a pay cut to, uh, be the grunt to do like garbage and stuff and do tours, but yeah. Yeah. But do your book learning (laughs) and then learn how to operate a uh, deck brush.
1: That's those are my, (laughs) the, the two keys for success in a brewery. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: you have to keep it clean.
1: You gotta keep it clean. Yeah, just like your drivetrain. Yep. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Right? Exactly.
0: All right. So you were doing that for quite a while there. You went to Bent Paddle. Yeah. Uh, which is a pretty big operation.
1: Yeah. They're um, right now they're about a similar size to Castle Danger. So mm-hmm. I went from kind of you know small craft brewing, mm-hmm. doing lots of different, all sorts of different kinds of beer and recipes, and um, running that show. Uh, you know, with the with the other leadership there to just cranking out beer in the factory. Mm-hmm. And that was, it's a very different ballgame, the large production brewery versus, you know, brew pub setting yeah. um, for a lot of reasons. But
0: like, what, well, give a couple of reasons. To, um, to, I mean, so, I'm just going under the assumption our listeners, like, they like to drink beer, but they don't know all the ins and you know, outs of it. Uh,
1: you know, a brew pub, it, you're small, so you're dealing with, um, I'll, I'll use the examples I have. you're making four to six batches of beer a week okay. and they, you're doing all these seasonals and all sorts of different stuff and you can make some Belgians. And when I was at Fickers, we must've we made more than a hundred different brands of beer every year. And just every week there was different seasonals that we were cranking out mm-hmm. along with our house flagship staples, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know your your distribution is small you control you control where your product goes for the most part so you you get to make sure that each beer is poured correctly so you can you can adjust problems on the fly mm-hmm. you don't have the same packaging and stability concerns that you do with a production brewery because it's all in-house and it it you don't have it's easy to pull beer back if it gets oxidized or goes right. sour exactly yeah. there's no recalls it's it's just all under your control. So when you get to a production brewery, um, you're planning, you know, pretty far in advance. Your weekly brew schedule going from four to six is 14 to 16 to 18 cycles. Um, you know, getting into 24 hour brew cycles where you're right now at Castle Niger we're cranking out usually 20, 20, cycles through the brew house a week. Mm. Um, And that's just to keep everything full. Was that
0: hard for you to get used to? Like, was Uh, that a big adjustment going from that little to bigger? Was it exciting? It's just different.
1: Um, It's just a different pace. Uh, It is exciting. You get to kind of work with bigger equipment and it's a, it's a way to perfect your craft because the goal with production brewing is to be the exact same every time and be spot on and really nail your numbers. And, you know, you have to (laughs) keep everything in spec and, you go to the breweries and see these giant fermenters that are maybe 90 or 120 barrels or, you know, bigger breweries have, well, they'll have 600 barrel fermenters outside. And if you're dealing with a 50 barrel brew house, so you've got to, you run 12 batches through there and you want each one to be within spec. And then you can blend them all together to really nail your final product, which you then need to be shelf stable or, you know, Packaged, packaged well and you need it to taste good in a consumer's hand 90 days from the day it leaves your brewery. And that's a whole different ballgame.
0: I'm rudely interrupting you right now to remind you to go to healthiq.com slash MBR. Seriously, go check it out. You should have life insurance and it can save you money because you're active. It's real easy. Healthiq.com slash MBR or mention the code MBR when you're on the phone. They use science and data and they get you lower rates because you take care of yourself. So check it out. Thank you very much, and enjoy the rest. All right. So you, you came here, at Castle Danger. Was it? Were you? You just mentioned how you're cranking on a, a decent amount of beer here. Yeah. Was it like that a, a few years ago, or like you know, mm-hmm. you came out a year ago? But I mean, was it seems no. to me from the outside perspective, it's grown quite a bit. Uh,
1: so our without getting in the details, our Our growth from 2015 production to 2016 was uh, something around 50%. Uh, So we're seeing kind of exponential growth. This big facility that we have now in Two Harbors is open in in 2014. It's pretty nice. Yeah, it's a very nice facility.
0: uh, We're in the conference room right now. And I, I really, all I need to do is move my chair back a little bit, and there's Lake Superior. And actually, there's some, like, little red schoolhouse. It looks like, actually, a lighthouse.
1: Yeah. There's a breakwater out there, a yeah. little harbor. It's this is crazy. You can see our boats coming in and out. Yeah. It's crazy. It's,
0: it's fantastic. And I can imagine a summer. Do you guys have, like, a patio set up somewhere over there? Yeah, we've got a patio okay. out back. and um, Yeah, so this building really, I mean, that was a, a big It's deal.
1: continuing to grow, and... Uh, so behind this building is another building about the same size. That's got our whole, uh, we moved all the packaging, all the bright tanks, giant cooler over there. So in the past year, there are four spaces our production space has doubled in size. Yeah.
0: And this uh, all started in a garage.
1: Yeah. In uh, castle danger. Yeah. So up the shore, there's a, a quaint little unincorporated <laughs> town, for for lack of me not knowing what it actually it's a group is of there's a real place called Castle Danger on the north shore of Minnesota uh, which is pretty cool in itself mm-hmm. uh yeah. but clint and Jamie the original owners own they own a little resort up there and so clint started he was a home brewer and opened a little three barrel brewery at the resort that gained traction relatively quickly and uh, it was just a short time where they brought in some partners and um who happened to be family, and they built this production brewery in downtown Two Harbors. Yeah,
0: it's just when you—I uh, can imagine how how it would gain traction. You have this cool little resort, you know, on the on the shore, mm-hmm. and you go to this resort, and that's the only place you can get their beer. Yeah, I mean, how many resorts have you gone to where they brew their own beer? I, I don't think I've ever, I don't think ever. No, I don't get to go on vacation very all much. All that too, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um,
1: but it's it's part of. I don't want to say it's a movement, but people are thirsty for craft beer and people are thirsty for for original, um, genuine genuine products, especially yeah. stuff that goes into their body. And people people dig craft beer. And yeah. so
0: it's... Is there something to it to be an up here too? Like um, for you guys, for Castle? I mean, it's much easier for... It seems to me for you guys to be a little bit more distinct than, let's say, you go to Minneapolis, right? In the last two years since they changed the law, there's 400 new breweries going on. Yeah. It's a little harder. Like, you come here and you have the atmosphere. You have, like, this is up north, Minnesota. I would assume it's a little bit easier to, like, have a distinct feel You know,
1: I don't know if... I'm sure somebody else might have a better angle on this, but I would say from my perspective, you, we can't quite nail this one down. Uh, we're on the way to a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and we're a good destination brewery. Um, you know, hundreds of thousand people go up and down the shore, especially yeah, like, in the summer yeah, it's a, or any given weekend. Busy, right. So we're on the way to a lot of stuff. So that helps. Mm-hmm. But even people that have never driven through two harbors are, are buying our beer off the shelves all over, all over the state of Minnesota. Yeah. And, so I, I think there's some mystique that comes comes with the with the brand. Like, oh, we're on the North Shore, and it's... Yeah, and they no, driven driven
0: through here once. Maybe they stopped, and now they go home, and they they can get it. Yeah. So it's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. locate, I mean... Yeah, what are you, three blocks off of the main? Four blocks? Five blocks? Something like that? Half a mile, maybe. Yeah. And yeah, one of these streets far. is uh, got a, a, a number on says, it. There's a sign that says "Castle Danger." them
1: this way. Yes. And I, I mean, I think we're the hottest thing going in two harbors right now. <laughs> There's.
0: I don't know. I'm it. going to record at the bike shop. They might be a, uh, the mountain bike for among yeah. these guys. Uh, yeah. Well, ask them what they think of us. <laughs> I know. All right, let's talk about beer. Yeah. Because uh, that's what you do. That's what uh, I do. And we talked about the. I like that idea of the 10 minutes and you just say, Hey, what's in this or whatever. But, uh, maybe what we should do is just give a rundown of what you guys, what you guys have cooking right now, like the type of beer people can expect, like maybe pick out a couple that you like, especially talk okay. about those.
1: Yeah. Well, so brief overview, uh, if you're familiar with, with us and, and castle danger you've probably had our cream ale, which is, a, uh, yeah, about, yep. It used to be forty percent of what we would make. And I th- right now, it's it's a little bit above that. We crank out a lot of cream ale. Uh, people are thirsty for it, and it's you know we get tap lines all over the state because people want the cream ale. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it's I could good. I could good, m- yeah. talk about that success story uh, further, but
0: uh, what. Uh, I want to hear a little bit. Well, it's you don't have to like go off in twenty minutes. No, right? what, but it's it's it been so-
1: unique. It's a very accessible beer that is still unique and authentic and and has its roots in, in craft brewing, right? So it's not it's not a a big brewery, you know, rice lager clone. So it's not a cop out to just make sellable beer that yeah. that people will set
0: down on. So like my wife, she likes. She, Most of the stuff that I bring home, because I'm kind of try different things all the time, and most of the stuff she's like, it's just not, it's not, it's too much. It's too, like, she, it's more approachable for somebody like her that wants just Uh, a, yeah, apparently. So,
1: what what happens is that, um, you know, now it's a movement. So, people, I shouldn't say it's a movement because I'm not, I'm not claiming like we're some social justice warriors. You're
0: the youngest to ski it. Red lounge, Yeah. No, I've got this movement, I'm right. full
1: of bold assertions yeah. that I can that's never good. yeah. I'll never hold any of them up. Um good. but what happens is we end up taking over tap lines at at places that craft beer hasn't really been able to penetrate into it yet. So we're we're taking over Mick Golden lines at the VFW in the mid the in the middle of nowhere on the right. air range. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. So and that's just you know, that's a step further that that craft beer hasn't necessarily been able to do yet, mm-hmm. and it's just, um, you know, I I wasn't even here for the start of that, but they nailed the recipe and the styles team did a great job, and it's just the right formula. So we're gonna keep making it as long yeah. as people drink it.
0: Yeah. What's your next popular?
1: We make a lot of our uh, Ode IPA, okay. So and kind of right behind that is the Seventeen Seven Pale ale. So both real light bodied, lighter in color, easy drinking pale ales, uh, heavy on the, a little bit heavy on the hops and the bitterness, uh, definitely, uh, focused on the, the aromas of the hops. Okay. Um, and so if, you know, if you're, if you're into really floral, citrusy, tropical fruit flavors, both of those are going to come at you from slightly different angles and just give you, give hop heads something to, to thirst after. Uh, we, we make a a pretty heavy duty stout called the the George Hunter Stout. It's got a good portion of oats in it, so it's a nice hearty. We don't call it an oatmeal stout, but it's a nice yeah, it's oatmeal. A- and we we brew that um, and serve it on on nitro and regular pours. That's a uh, that's a good one.
0: Do uh, you do a lot of these? Are a lot of these available, or is a lot of these just right here?
1: That's uh, it. well, let me get to that. Okay. So right so those are all everything that I just mentioned are all just flagship beers that we have in cans and draft all over the state of Minnesota. Perfect. Um, so if anywhere in Minnesota, they sh- people can get it if the, if they look for it okay. or, or accounts can get it anywhere they want. Okay. So, um, we also have the danger Ale, which is another one of our flagship. Yeah. That's flagship what i beers. had the most. So that's a, yeah. that's a unique. Technically it's an American strong ale, but it's this kind of interesting blend of of yeast goodness, you know, good yeast character and and kind of like a bitter, strong amber ale. Okay. Uh, so there's that you know, that's our core, and then we have all these seasonals. So we do um in the fall we do the maple maritson and we do a, a fresh hop uh fresh hop mosaic in the fall. And we're gonna, you know, this year's beer calendar. We're going to roll out a uh, Pilsner seasonal in the winter. Um, we've we're about to make the Summer Crush seasonal, which which is uh, available all summer long. That's a good. We call it an unshandy. So it's a it's a nice light drinking lager with a little uh, hint of lemon. Although there's no there's no lemon in it, so it's an unshandy. Um, and so that's kind of like the second tier of there's about eight seasonals that we pepper in there okay. through the mix or throughout the year.
0: So your plan, I mean, you, when you sit down for the year, I mean, you're looking at like 2018 is already planned out and you're like already looking 2019.
1: Yeah. So we're, we're talking about the 2019 right. brewing calendar now. Yeah. Uh, cause most of the stuff for the rest of this year is already plotted. Yep. Um, we I mentioned the Cezanne earlier, so we this year on the beer calendar we decided to roll out a taproom series, which is kind of our third tier uh, of of beer. Um, so they're smaller batches, mostly just served in the taproom. Although if if you know if places want them, they can usually get kegs. But they're not going in the cans, and these are slightly more experimental or giving us a little room to stretch our legs. And so we made. The first one, it was my first recipe that we made here. It was called the um, Russian rye, which confused a lot of people until it came out. It was basically a a, a pumpernickel-based beer. Uh, and so that's on, you can get that right now. I yeah, it so it's sign. got a lot of caraway spice in it, and it's, it's very interesting. It's a very robust, dark, rich rye beer yeah. with hints of caraway. And then we cranked out that Cezanne. We've got a Belgian strong ale cooking right now. Uh, or ferment, I say cooking all the time, but, uh, fermenting yeah. and that we're going to keep making interesting beers throughout the year.
0: So that Russian rye. It, yeah. I'm just thinking personally, can I just walk away? Can I just buy a growler and leave? Like, can, can somebody come in and just get a growler or whatever they want? Or yeah. Like how's it? How so do you guys do
1: that? R- almost everything that we have on tap here, you can come by and, and grab a growler. Okay. Um, yeah, because those those are available in the tap room, some special accounts or events, and um, in growlers.
0: But, you guys seem to do a lot of events, or like support a lot of events. Is that do you do that, or is it just stuff that I've been involved in? <laughs> like, well, i seen and paid attention to. Yes and no. So you know, we do. We're
1: involved with the the heck of the north stuff. So um, spoken beer or spoken gear, mm-hmm. I think, comes to us for some support, and we collaborate a little bit with that. Uh, most of our events that we get involved in are kind of outdoorsy. So we, we sponsor a section of the mm-hmm. superior hiking trail. So we will send work crews out there to go do that. We've got a community garden out here. We just, um, I forgot to mention like our winter seasonal IPA was called the white pine project, yeah. which we're kind of rolling that into, um, this event where we're going to be giving away white pine saplings on Arbor day. It's just kind of that people can go plant. Yeah. Um,
0: Does it? And do you um, with that? Do you do a lot of those, or is this kind of a first time thing? Where you like the white pine one? Do you kind of sprinkle those kind of projects in? Or I think, I mean, I think the idea is to do as many as we can. Uh, Plus, does it does it give you a little bit more not creative? I guess juice to like, well, that's a cool project. Well, yeah, maybe if we do something, does that help at all? Or are you just pretty creative to begin with? Um, There's enough
1: beer stuff out there where you can come up with all sorts of recipes, you know, in a bubble. But it's really nice to tie that into the community and and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So with the white pine project, that was, you know, a lot of this is Clint's fault or Clint's brain brain brainchild. Uh, I like to say it's all his fault. Um, but white pines used to be all over this area. And, uh, I think disease and logging have, you know, there's not as many as there used to be. And, and so just part of rejuvenating that, that resource. Uh, and so as we were doing this, it turns out that, um, there's a handful of other organizations that are actually very involved in, in reseeding white pines all over this Arrowhead region. Yeah. Cause um, you didn't even didn't know. And we didn't, when oh, we didn't yeah. even know. So, uh, Clint was in here with some of those folks just this week, having a meeting about how to, how to help this all work better. So, um,
0: some of them didn't even know Castle Danger existed. Maybe now not. They, now they'll go tell. Maybe somebody. they'll listen to this podcast and Maybe hear all about us. And they'll learn about um, Mountain Bike Radio too. You sure. There you go. Yeah. But yeah. So so that's cool though. I mean, you do something like that. It's a win-win. Really. Yeah.
1: I think I think that's a key to um, this brewery's success and a lot of other breweries, and they're. I don't wanna you know, toot our horns too much, but where well, now's
0: your chance. Where it's the new You've already had strong proclamations of other things. It's, it's not the, gonna hurt.
1: You know, it's it's the new like a grassroots social organization where it's this a group of people that can get together over um over a shared interest and then but actually also divert some of their energies to do something uh, worthwhile. Yeah. Um, you know. Other breweries have been able to gather, you know, a lot of extra support for Cogs, and
0: mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like Ben Paddle is pretty involved with Cogs. I think.
1: Yeah, that was that was kind of a thing that they just grabbed onto and ran with, and you know, I was there for some of that, and it was fun to be a part of. So I think it's good for breweries are a great place for people to meet, to gather, to socialize, and 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 get some good stuff done.
0: Yeah, it's changed a lot though like in just in, since you started what how many years 15 years ago now mm-hmm. I think it's a totally different world of you know Duluth I think there was what 15 breweries or 12 breweries or Gee, something in Duluth I at this yeah, point I want to say I've lost count I could yeah. probably list them off
1: but and yeah for
0: was, you guys I mean there's Voyager up in Grand Marais mm-hmm. you guys here in Two Harbors and then what
1: uh, going south from here, or well, going
0: yeah from he, from here north is just you two.
1: Uh, yeah, that's it. So, um, I think there's breweries in Thunder Bay.
0: Oh yeah, that's so a big that city. that's that's, a big city. that's Canada. Yeah, that doesn't count. Uh, uh, unless they come down here to spend money, that counts, I guess. But which they do. Yeah, I yeah. see a ton of Ontario, or Ontario license plates because they go to skiing a lot. I see that they probably do. I yeah. I see them a lot when you go to the mall in Duluth. Oh, I don't I? know. <laughs> <laughs> don't and, they have malls there, and, they probably, and it's they U.S. dollars. It's, like it's probably
1: a tax issue. I don't know, but
0: because the Canadian dollar is yeah, pretty bad, you
1: trying to go to Best Buy in Duluth, you're going to run a new one
0: ontarian yeah, yeah, it's funny. That's that's hearsay. I don't know how we got on that, but uh, oh no, oh, it's just the, we're just rambling. The, yeah, yeah. So you're you're talking um, about the community and how you. You know, how it's a good place for everyone to kinda of come together. Yeah. I just don't know what we did before is my point. Like it's changed so much that fifteen years ago we barely had coffee shops, we barely had uh these what did we all sit around at the VFW and like talk about Hey, has well, got some pine trees over there. Like I mean, TV our TV? our uncles did maybe, but I, yeah, I don't know what they talked about. I don't know. People yeah.
1: it's probably it probably folds into a lot of this stuff. Like was this stuff possible before you know, before the technology that we have? Yeah. And the connectedness of the world. Yeah. Maybe not. People just yeah, sat in the local bar and got angry at one TV. Yeah. And now we have too many TVs, but People, people are all also like more integrated with their communities, and um,
0: I just think you, when you said that oh, I keep hitting my mic. When you said that it's like the central part of the community, and especially for you guys here in this small town, it's easy mm-hmm. to like do things and like make things help right. be part of things that are happening. That how breweries have become this local. It's almost, it's almost like. What coffee shops kind of were a while a sure. little while ago? Before now, it's like it's, every quarter you, and it's like really corporate. Would you say it's
1: almost what like the '90s coffee shop would have been if they served beer? Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and this brings me back to your when so you when mentioned serving coffee. When yeah, uh, you know a lot it can happen. Maybe soon. Yeah, there's um, not really any hurdles on it, that. You mentioned like all those breweries in Minneapolis and. You know, five seven years ago, five seven years ago, people would ask me like, "Hey, do you think that this bubble is going to pop? Is there a craft beer bubble?" Right. And I still, you know, yes and no. It some of these breweries are going to fail, and some of them are going get, to get replaced by new breweries, right? right? So some of them are going to fail due to their own devices. Um, but I think there's room for a brewery in every neighborhood uh and it's there's if if people are kind of grasping on to that that idea of there's a little local brewery and and they don't need to go far to get their beer and their beer shouldn't have to go far to get to them and mm-hmm. and that ties it back into that unique community thing and and breweries you know they're business entities but they also act as as kind of social organizations and a lot of them help get stuff done yeah, whether it's whether it's just fun stuff, whether it's meaningful stuff, whether you know yeah, what whether have you're you just
0: helping out a bike race or you're like planting trees, I mean, it's, sure. It's just you guys have that vibe. Yeah. So like, well, organization-wise, that's that's the vibe you get, and I think uh, you know, it, like you said, if there is a falling out, like you know, let's say economy tanks and half of these craft brewers is just it's over. You know, it's oversaturated. Oh, people don't have money. People drink more beer when the economy well, I takes. know, but not. Uh, uh, sorry, about that. I was talking on the phone before and I forgot to turn it off. Um, people drink more beer, but it's cheaper. It's about, you know, it's sure. the, the case for whatever, <laughs> seven bucks or whatever it is. Uh, but uh, yeah. So I don't know, what my whole point was that, but I'm, I think,
1: uh, I think what we're wrapping up here is that. Uh, beer is good for people, and <laughs> more, go to and listening. breweries tend to do good stuff. Yeah. Um, we're making a lot of, and maybe it's it's not all altruistic because. When we we do stuff, it's usually wrapped in with some sort of promotional event, and but it helps us add some more like meaning and drive to just cranking out suds, right? Yep. Um,
0: And you need to sustain. So I get this all the time with mountain bike, mountain bike radio, and more so with uh, the races I put uh put on some races the last few years. And it's always like, well, they're just you're just doing it for money. And my response is, yeah, I am because otherwise I don't get to keep doing it. Well, like you have to are have, those people hermits that I, don't? How do they afford five thousand
1: dollars carbon frames? I, you right,
0: can't, that's a that's a different discussion. Uh, like it's it's crazy, but so you have to. I mean, I guess what I want to impress on listeners is just think about that. Like they, yeah, they they're in it to make money, but they can't do more and better things and employ more people. Right, I mean, you wouldn't be sitting here. if we, uh, didn't get paid no i mean this
1: brewery <laughs> wasn't really here four years ago and now we've got like 30 full-time people yeah. is and, that many oh yeah oh wow and we're i mean fr- we're hiring as many good people as we can because okay. we're because we're growing and um yeah so what do you guys it's, do
0: for um like uh tours and stuff so people are coming out this way they can stop in for a beer. Do you offer tours? Like what, uh, so we've got schedule. Like what, you, what can people uh,
1: expect? One should check the, uh, website for details, okay. but, uh, we do tours on Friday evenings and Saturdays, uh, midday or afternoon. Okay. And is that
0: all year? Or is that just like summer or all the time? Okay,
1: cool. Um, and I, uh, I believe the entry fee is a donation to the food shelf. There you go. So, uh, yeah that's we're not pocketing that it's going to somebody that needs it um yeah people can come visit the brewery on the weekends we've uh got kind of a fun interesting big facility so people can walk around and look at stuff and ask questions and learn about beer and get some samples and see see where we make it all Mm -hmm. um so if you're into craft beer it's pretty interesting it's it would be interesting for me to go on a brewery tour. So if you're curious about the world and, and where your beer comes from, come on by.
0: Yeah. And distribution wise you said Minnesota, but can Mm -hmm. people where is it state of Minnesota? Do you have certain areas? We
1: are in Minnesota proper um, because that is a, that is a basket that's not full yet. So as much beer as we can make, our distributor is taking. Uh, So we're going to, Stick with that model for a while. You Surprise can, is not full yet. You can get us. Well, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of beer drinkers in Minnesota, and there's a lot of room for craft beer. And the as time goes on, our piece of the puzzle keep keeps growing. or okay. piece of the pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know what you meant. When I when I started in this business, I think craft beer was like five to seven percent of the total beer sales. Now we're up to twelve percent but you so that means that 82 cents out of every dollar that's spent on beer in, in the US you know goes to AB InBev or right. uh, you know Bud Miller Coors yeah um most of that goes out of the country by the way so those are South African and Belgian conglomerates so if you want to you want to be patriotic and you know <laughs> right. spend your money at a Minnesota brewery yeah. um anyways so we're you know um, we're selling plenty of beer in Minnesota and we're going to keep doing that. You can get us in Fargo because that's just like a border town and you can get our beer in, in superior. And um, cause they're like, those are our, our, our buddy towns, but.
0: Mm-hmm. Well we have um, a lot of Minnesota listeners, so that's good. So they can yeah. check it out.
1: Uh, you know, New Glarus only in Wisconsin that has not, it's
0: never changed it's a weird it's, it hasn't
1: really slowed down their growth either yeah, it's a weird thing I, I think top 20 biggest breweries in the states yeah. they're on the they're on the top 50 list near oh, yeah, the top right, right. uh yeah. it's it's worked out like well a for them
0: gift people leaving the state like if you're going from wisconsin somewhere, yeah get like
1: I, it's a manufactured rarity that that it's not a bad thing yeah. um that's not necessarily what we're trying to do, but right. But um, it's an example of somebody else. Yeah, it's it hasn't hindered them, and if we can, we don't have aspirations to to ship our beer to forty eight states, right? Yeah. Uh, that's that's not necessarily how big we want to get, because mm-hmm. you, know? yeah. you know things have things have changed since I got here eight months ago, and we've just we've gone from. In brewing fifteen thousand barrels last year to run the pace to do closer to twenty, um, and that's a big jump. And so,
0: well, yeah, it's you know, thirty three percent. Yeah, that's um, massive. So, I so do you expect? So, what's what's coming up? Like, what's some things people should know? I mean, are you going to be doing another 33? Are you going to be that much? What can well, people expect? You know, different it's beers, interesting. We'll s- sure we'll see.
1: We're going to keep. There's a lot of questions there. I know. Uh, that
0: is. I, you're, we're going you to, we're going or...
1: <laughs> to, you know, my main goal is to, uh, keep steering the ship and, and make our beer better and, and get that tuned and kind of hone this process. And, um, we're going to start to make, continue to make more interesting beers and, and do for some fun stuff, but also try to keep cranking out quality products. Mm-hmm. um, you know, growth wise, it, it, we almost can't stop it. Uh, it's interesting. We've got some decisions to make coming up on, you know, we, so we just did this huge expansion, uh, last fall. So, brand new building. We almost, I think we added 40% fermentation space. Wow. Uh, so that got online in, in December and we just got caught up now because we didn't make or sell beer for about a month. Oof. And so we were just, uh, full capacity this whole time. So just now,
0: so you weren't kidding when you say you don't take vacations. No. Uh, you just been inside here all the time.
1: Yeah. Uh, I used to, I, uh, I used to vacation. (laughs) Um, I don't want to get off track here.
0: No, that's, but I'm trying my best. uh, See, So I said, you can handle it. You're good.
1: We, we have been operating at like a hundred percent capacity, you know, for, the past three months and just now kind of lit up on the gas pedal a smidge and it summer's just around the corner. So we just got a whole truckload of grain for our summer seasonal that we're going to brew next week. And, and so we're basically back on the gas pedal again. Um, so our, our growth is interesting because in Minnesota, once you go past 20,000 barrels in a year, you're not allowed to sell growlers at your tap room so it's this weird catch 22 where like the man doesn't want you to be successful. Uh, I won't, I won't get into my own personal politics, yeah, we, et cetera. Yeah, um, but if we hit 20,001 barrels produced in 2018, then in 2019, we won't be allowed to sell growlers in our tap room, yeah. uh, which is, uh, you know, a significant, chunk of the taproom income so it you know it, it helps keeps the business afloat and so there's all these theories about uh or the, the discussions go you got to hover around 19.5 until you can go up to 24 and actually recoup that you know recoup yeah. that and there's only re, yeah recoup those lost profits um i think fulton's the only brewery that's in minnesota that's above 20,000, uh, that's not way above it.
0: Yeah, that's uh, tough. So. Suddenly there's Danger Castle brewery across the street. Oh, it's totally different. They're selling <laughs> the same beer.
1: So um, growth-wise, we're, we're not going to slow down. Um, so we're working on managing our growth responsibly and talking about continuing to develop you know downtown two harbors uh, as a fun place to come and stay and maybe spend more time and you know we're talking you know 10 or 15 years down the road you know maybe there's you know maybe we start to incorporate some some bigger spaces and more ways to use this neighborhood and you know in the meantime there's other businesses around us are going to keep growing too so i think we've Given life to two new pizza shops in town, just like that, because we don't serve food. That's, right. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: So you just have? Do you bring in food? Or people, people can bring. Walk, or? People
1: can bring whatever they want. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, people deliver all over town. It's it kind of it's. So that's a
0: common thing for people to do. Come in here and get some somebody to deliver something. Yeah.
1: Over. Well, we're not allowed to sell food. Right, right, so right. Uh, so we'll. Just, a lot
0: of people do like truck food trucks, and or, yeah, like, we've got to do food trucks and stuff too. So right? just,
1: yes, coming up, uh, usually in May, we start to get food trucks that will come once the weather's nice. So we'll have we'll have food trucks parked out here uh, almost every night of the week. Um, our patio will be open soon, especially mm-hmm. if the weather stays nice. So, a nice little patio overlooking the bay, and yeah. you get to see some trains go by, yeah. get some nice afternoon sun. It's, uh, so we're looking forward to summer and, and food trucks and patio beers. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yep. So uh, I think that's good. Anything else you want to pitch or talk about or um, remind people? I'll have the links in the show notes. So if they have any questions, they can go to com.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, I will say, you know, no, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I was going <laughs> to, I don't got any fun speeches. Okay. Uh, nobody ever hands me a microphone. So I'm, <laughs> I, I, am I have a lot to say when nobody does, but yeah. all of a sudden I'll tell you this, I'll you t- this whole winter fat biking baloney has got me kind of riled up. Oh boy. Uh, cause I, we used to go skiing down those trails. Oh, so I'll, you
0: can't, so you, they don't allow that anymore.
1: Oh, I don't think you're supposed to do any of that. Especially the, you know, know there's like 14 trout streams in in Duluth, right? And they're all good hiking trails. Now in the winter they get snowed up and before people walk on them, you're good to ski down them. Uh, So I think you can still do that. Maybe you can't. Well, because nobody has said that you can't. They do have signs that say you're not supposed to mountain
0: bike. Uh, Oh, there's no mountain biking down the river?
1: No, because there's supposed to be foot trails. Like, so up and down Chester and oh, up and down, okay. uh, I, you know, Lester's got mountain bike trails, but, so, uh, the fa- so t- you know, Tisher. you're not supposed to mountain bike up and down Tisher Creek cause it's just a oh, footpath. Right. But in the winter you can ski down it cause that's fun, but you're gotcha. not supposed to mountain bike, but I think people should.
0: Gotcha. So mountain dog down any of the creeks? Uh, or sure.
1: I'm all for it. Yeah. Just, you know, bring a bell,
0: bring a bell, Ring a bell. All oh, the hikers.
1: Or the mountain biker. Oh,
0: I don't care. Gotcha.
1: I'm, I'm only trying to stir up controversy. And yeah. And you're doing it. Yeah. General. That'll be That's fun. Yeah. Um, but so I've sorry. also heard stories about like, you know, hiking advocates putting like nails in trails yeah. and stuff yeah. that was out west. But, yeah. uh, I understand that there's a lot of, there might be some heated tensions here. So, Oh, there's definitely, uh, a, yeah. I think that people should, uh, if you're a, if you're a hiker and you know a cyclist, you guys should share a pint it's of not, castle danger ale and
0: it, exa- that was, yeah, was share a beer and talk about your feelings. You, you hit exactly <laughs> what I was gonna, just going to say. I was going to say it doesn't at the end of the day, like people know, like mountain bike world, it, it's full of discussion like that right now, especially. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm well day, aware at the end of the day, jerks are jerks. And, uh, you need to just uh, drive up the road, check out some other trails, come to Castle Danger Brewery, yeah, a beer, and then talk about it.
1: Yeah. There's lots of that and sweet, dedicated so,
0: single track all over town. Well, so here's the thing, maybe, too, is maybe up this way, if you're looking you know, 10 years down the road, you're looking at potential of connecting Grand Marais, mm-hmm. Two Harbors, all this stuff with who knows how much whatever if that all gets done. That would be a big deal. I don't even know how with, much with bike trails. Two, yeah, yeah, the bike trails. Uh, so
1: what cool. do you have here in Two Harbors? I have no idea.
0: Yeah, because you're always you stay. You're in. I'm in, in Duluth, Duluth. I don't really. I
1: don't get to mountain bike too much anymore.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, Dude, you need to stop brewing beer. Uh, well, I've
1: you know I've got some kids now, and <laughs> um, I take most of my free time and just try to go alpine skiing. Gotcha. That's that's how I used to use it on my vacation. Was going out west to go skiing.
0: Uh, Where's your go to like just around here?
1: Uh, just here, um, I get you know a lot like of have kids. Just we, of so it? me and me and the ten year old get a lot of laps in at Spirit, Spirit. Okay. Um, and and she can't learn to ski at Chester Bowl, uh, right in Duluth, which is the great little. I think there's 300 feet of vertical. Yeah, for a little kid. one chairlift with seven poles. That's my local hill. Yeah. Uh, I'll go. We'll go there as a family sometime and just tear it up. It's yeah. fun, but. Um, and we go up to Lutzen a couple times a year, or at least once.
0: Gotcha. Well, cool. Thank you. All right. Appreciate the time. Uh, Thanks for chit chatting. uh, Absolutely. So, thank you. All right. Have a good day. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you to Health IQ for sponsoring this episode and supporting Mountain Bike Radio. I really appreciate it. And hopefully, you do too. And, bonus. You can save some money on life insurance. I know it's not exciting. I know it's not bike part related, but it is real life and things happen. And it is good to be secure. So what you need to do, save some money, is go to healthiq.comslash MBR, at least get some information, and you can get a free quote there. And going through the process was really painless. And you take a little quiz and get some information, and then they get back to you and walk you through the process. It was really that easy for me. And I saved money, got more life insurance, and I'm happy. That's why I'm talking to you right now. All right, folks, that's it. Check out the site, download the app, do whatever you have to do, but uh, have a great day, and thank you for listening.